This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, episode 97. This is the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha, the show for internet entrepreneurs who want to learn how uncertainty and struggle turn into confidence and success. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers Podcast, and today is the February Monthly Roundup episode. On this episode, I'll be going through my takeaways from my interviews with Molly Mahoney from episode 94, Darren's Constance from episode 95, and Sarah Arginal from episode 96. So first up is Molly Mahoney from episode 94. And so Molly was the prepared performer. Uh, she's the expert in doing Facebook Lives and using Facebook Messenger bots to grow your business. And we had a great conversation about how she's using all this stuff to uh, really stand out and I guess do things a little bit differently than than some other people. Because um, one of the things that I really liked about our conversation was um, she really focused on how important it was for you to uh, connect with your audience as a person and not as a business. And she said that there's so many people who they get so focused on uh, showing up on social media as a business only and only talking about tactics and business related things and, and not really showing their personality, not really being themselves, not really putting, I guess, some of their vulnerabilities out there. She said that's a huge mistake because you know, people don't want to connect with businesses. That's, it's, that's just not, you know, I don't want to be friends with Bank of America. I may want to be make connect with someone who works there, who I feel some sort of, you know, camaraderie with or personal connection with, but it's not the business itself that they want a connection with. So she was saying, you know, with her Facebook lives and with all the things that she does online, she's, she's very vulnerable. She really puts her personality in all these things. And I've heard so many different people talk about this, you know, Pat Flynn's talked about it and, um, a lot of different guests that I've had on my show and a lot of people that I've heard when they talk about um, how they promote themselves on social media, I talk about the exact same thing, how important that is. And I think it's it's challenging because um, I think a lot of people are almost afraid to be themselves. You know, like you feel like you're, you're either exposing too much of your personal self or you're going to put something out there that seems not professional or you're going to put something out there that's going to potentially push someone away. But I think Molly made a great point that those are the exact same things that are actually going to attract people to you. And yeah, of, of course, there may be some people who are like, oh, that person is into Star Wars and I'm not into Star Wars, so I'm going to you know, not listen to their podcast anymore. But then there's going to be some other people who are going to say, wow, he likes Star Wars or she likes Star Wars. That's awesome. I, you know, I'm, I want to listen to the podcast even more or their YouTube channel or their blog post or whatever it may be that you're putting out there even more because they have something to now connect with you on a personal level about. So I, I thought that was, that was a, a good point that Molly made and um, I enjoyed that. Um, and the other thing that we talked about which we talked about like uh, giving up uh, on things just because, you know, you tried it and it didn't work. And this is something that we've talked about on the show before, but I think, you know, because so many people discuss this and it, it, it needs to be kind of drilled in over and over again because it's such a big problem where, you know, people get out there and they see a lot of others who are super successful. A lot of times they hear these, uh, success stories that seem like, you know, the overnight success, someone that did something really quickly or, you know, the first time they did a webinar, they had a lot of participants on there. But the reality is most people fail significantly in most of the things they do the first, you know, few times they do them. 
and they don't see massive, massive success of any success. Um, and so I think Molly's point there was that, you know, you have to be willing to uh, fail multiple times and just get up and just keep going and, and, and not have the idea that because you failed, it somehow means that that's indicative of what's going to happen to you in the future. Um, it's just kind of part of being a business owner. It's just kind of part of, um, you know, trying new things and it's going to happen. And if you can be the person who can persevere um, through that and instead of saying you want to quit, just figuring out why it didn't work and then see if you can if you can fix it and figure out how you can reach your dreams. And that's really the key um, to finding the, the type of success um, that really is going to make you, um, make you successful and, and give you the type of business that you want to have. Um, another thing that Molly talked about is, uh, she talked about the importance of, of having a why for your business, but she said, you know, you have to break it up into multiple different categories. And so she said, instead of just having one why, like a lot of people have like, Oh, my, my reason for doing this is I want time freedom or I want, um, you know, location independence, or I want to be able to help out my family or whatever it may be. She said, you need to have a personal why, you need to have a financial why, you need to have a global why. And the global why was, you know, what good are you going to do for the world uh, with your business? And and that could, you know, come in a number of different forms. I know some people, um, you know, their, their global why is just helping other people that they, that they see out there uh, in the marketplace that, you know, are struggling to uh, get out of their jobs or they're, or they're struggling with, you know, finances or, you know, either maybe there's something even bigger, bigger than that, that you, uh, you know, have a global why that's outside of yourself. But I think the point is you have something that's just bigger than you, um, as your global why. And she said that it, the importance of having, uh, whys in all these three categories is, um, they're, they're distinct and they're different. And, Every day, there's probably going to be some day where one of the whys is not doing it for you. They're not; it's not motivating you. You know, your personal why is not doing it for you, so you need to rely on your financial why. And if that's not doing it for you, then you rely on your global why. And she said, if you have you know whys in all these different categories, and you'll always be able to find a reason to be motivated because you could shift back and forth between one and the other, um, and, uh, and and it's likely that on any given day, at least one of them, if not all three of them will be able to motivate you enough to at least keep going and not want to not want to quit when uh, when things get really challenging. So next up um, was uh, Dorrance Constant. And, um, you know, Dorrance was on episode 95. He uh, had a great story about, you know, starting out working at JP Morgan um, and uh, deciding that it just wasn't for him. And yeah, he worked for a, you know, a nice company. He was making a decent salary, but you know, he wanted, uh, he wanted the freedom that entrepreneurship could bring him. And so, um, he, you know, he was really, really scrappy about the way that he went about, um, building out a business and his first business, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't online. It was, it was offline. Um, and, uh, but he, but he, I really liked the, the approach that he took and he said he, he got a lot of his inspiration for, I guess, just being scrappy and kind of doing those sort of things from his parents, you know, his, his parents, um, you know, when he was growing up, he saw them, he saw the struggle that they had to try to make, uh, make ends meet and, and put food on the table and do, and do things that were, um, you know, so, so his, so his family could be, um, you know, have the things they needed to survive. And, uh, he said that as he saw that he had, had dreams as he was a kid of, 
you know, becoming like a business tycoon. He said he remembered the first time he heard the word tycoon and he looked it up and he was like, I want to be that, you know? Um, and as part of that, he decided, okay, you know, I, I have this job, but it's not getting me where I want to go. How can I discover, you know, a, a new market where I can, I can break into. And he, he discovered that the, uh, the no contract cell phone service was something that was really hot. And so, you know, he went out there and he was, was creative um, and found a way to break into this market. And, and then, uh, he, you know, so what he said, he was, you know, leveraging, um, his current clients that he had when he was doing financial sales. And he would, you know, once he was done, like selling them the products that he would sell them from his day job, he would say, Hey, well, you know, also have an opportunity to save you some money on your cell phone bill every month. You know, maybe we can talk about this after work. And he would, you know, hustle his way into selling his contracts. And eventually it got so popular, that he was able to make a deal with uh, with AT and T, and um, was able to build out a number of Cricket Wireless stores, uh, and so he built out this huge brick and mortar business. And uh, I I like the way that he just you know took the initiative to do these things. You know, like being scrappy about it and selling cell phone contracts on the side. He didn't wait until he had all the pieces. He didn't wait until he had a storefront. He didn't wait until you know he had everything that that seems like you should have in place before you approach people. He just said, "I'm going to start this now," and just. And just see what happens. And it happened to work out for him. And he said, you know, after two months, really, of, of seeing the great success that he did selling these uh, cell phone contracts, he decided to leave his job. And, I mean, that, again, is another thing that I, I thought was kind of cool because, you know, he, he, he took a leap of faith. Um, and that's not for everybody because I know that I personally am somebody who's a little bit more risk averse. Um, but, you know, it, it worked out for Darns. You know, he... He saw that this was working for him, and he he figured the more time that he spent in his job, the less time he would be able to spend accelerating uh, accelerating his business. And so he decided to leave uh, and went full time, and it worked out really well. And he was able to build out uh, more and more of these uh, Cricket Wireless stores until you know him and his family were doing really really well. Um, but the other thing that we talked about that I thought was cool was was when he kind of came to a realization that he was missing an important component. Like, yes, he had um, the money that he wanted and he didn't have to deal with a boss and, and those sort of things. But what he was missing that he always wanted and that he wanted to add to this business was the location independence and control over his time. Um, and with a brick and mortar business, he just didn't have the ability to pick up and just go anywhere and do what he wanted. Uh, so him and his wife decided that they were going to take another leap of faith and they, you know, they sold that businesses that they had and, and they went traveling around the world. And, um, you know, and I, you know, the initial, uh, thing was the plan was just to travel for a year and then, you know, go back to the United States. But then they, you know, they, they ended up in Medellin, Colombia and fell in love with it and decided to, that they wanted to stay there and they wanted to figure out like, how can they stay there? And they knew it was through internet business, you know, a business that they could run from anywhere and have complete location independence. Um, and, and so Darnes and his wife, you know, they, they, in the beginning just came up with whatever kind of scrappy ideas they could. So, you know, she was teaching, uh, online courses, teaching English, um, uh, to people, and then she set up uh, an e-commerce store, doing drop shipping. Uh, he launched a, a business coaching business, and then uh, launched a podcast, and 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 has been steadily growing uh, this online business, doing these different different uh, things to uh, to to make income online. And so, 
I just love the way that, you know, they just had a vision for what they wanted and they just said, we're going to go after it and, and just figure this out step by step and piece all these things together and not, and not give up on it. Um, and so they're, you know, living in Colombia now, setting transition from an offline business to an online business. And the thing I like about that is I like the fact that it, it, it kind of, it's a testament to the idea that it's never too late to pivot. You know, even if you get out of your job and you start a business, you're like, oh, I went through so much work to build this thing up. I can't give up on it now. You know, but it's like if, if you're still not at your destination where you ultimately want to be, a lot of times it is worth it to pivot and give up on that idea and shift to something that you actually want um, instead of settling just because you already put a lot of work uh, into going one direction. So I thought that was I thought that was cool. And I like that aspect of uh, Darnus's business. Um, and some, something else that we talked about that I thought was really interesting and I liked, I liked his perspective on, um, as he was saying, when you're, when you're, when you're going after trying to build something, you have to understand what success looks like for you and what you're willing to sacrifice for that success. And he said, it's different for everybody. You know, some people are willing to sacrifice their time. Some people are willing to sacrifice their money. Some people are willing to sacrifice, you know, many other things, but you have to figure it out for yourself what those things are, what your limits are, what you're willing to put into it. And, and that will determine like the roadmap that you have toward, toward your success. And clearly the more you're willing to sacrifice, probably the faster you'll get there. Uh, but it's, it's, it's always a personal choice, but you have to think about that. You know, what am I willing to sacrifice and what does success look like for me? Cause it doesn't look the same for everybody. You know, for one person, success is a Ferrari for some, someone else is just to be able to take an extra vacation. So you know, don't definitely don't follow someone else's roadmap and someone else's dream, figure out for yourself what works for you and what you actually want. Um, but you know, make sure you do make that determination, uh, and figure out those things like what success looks like and what, what you're willing to sacrifice to get it. Um, and the other thing that Darren's talked about that I thought was cool was he talked about how he learned, uh, all the aspects of online business. And essentially, uh, what he did was, you know, he connected with people, who were already doing it, who were already successful. And he made, you know, good friends in the industry. And from that, um, he was able to get all the advice that he need needed to to build up his his business. And I think, you know, networking and having those personal connections, people you can call up and and actually get, you know, an answer and 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 not just have to figure everything out on your own is is ideally the best way to uh, figure any of this stuff out. Uh, quickly. And even if that means, you know, you have to pay someone to be your coach or your mentor or buy a course. And I'm sure, you know, darns along the way, a lot of these people that he's, that he has in his network now, he initially got um, in contact with and, and, you know, became associated with because he had bought products from them and started the relationship that way. So it doesn't always happen for free. A lot of times it, it, it doesn't happen for free. Sometimes it can. Some, a lot of people I know, um, are just very good at networking and, and, you know, leveraging their friends and, and network to, uh, get in masterminds and, and learn things. But, you know, whether you have to pay for it, whether it's free, or you're just going to use sweat equity or, or whatever, whatever it may be, like, make sure you build up a, a big, strong network of people who are where you want to be and you can leverage, uh, their expertise. So last up this month was Sarah Arginold from episode 96. Uh, and Sarah, Sarah was someone that I thought was pretty cool because uh, she was a uh, working mom who just wanted to be able to figure out uh, how to set up um, a business online. And, um, 
the interesting thing about her story was that she started out uh, years ago, like being afraid and, and really wanted to have nothing to do with entrepreneurship because, you know, her, her mom and her stepdad, as she mentioned in the, the interview that we had, uh, they were entrepreneurs and they had a very unstable lifestyle. You know, she didn't like the fact that, you know, their income would fluctuate from month to month and, and they didn't have the same stability that I guess her father, who was a consultant and he had a, you know, state stable job at a paycheck and all those sort of things. Um, she, she thought his life was much more stable and much more uh, appealing. And so she decided to go that route, uh, not necessarily into consulting, but into a stable field. And for her, it was, um, going into legal, the legal industry. Um, but the, but the thing is, is after a while, she started to realize that there wasn't as much stability there as she thought, you know, she realized, Hey, layoffs can happen at any time. And I might lose my job and all this stability goes away. And uh, I don't have control over any of that. So she actually shifted her mindset. And uh, and in that shift, she began to believe that actually there was more risk uh, in having a job than, than being an employee. Uh, and I know it's a the mindset shift that a lot of people have had. I've, and I've, you know, at times have thought about, you know, that significantly myself because it's like, you know, when you're owning your own business, you're the one in the driver's seat. You know when things are falling apart, when you're working for someone else, you don't necessarily know that, and they may not necessarily share uh, all those intimate details with you. Um, and so for Sarah in particular, um, she, you know, she, she had that mental shift, and I think it's important to just, you know, check in with yourself every now and then, and just see, like, do I still believe the things that I believed last year or last month or five years ago or whatever else? Because, you know, things could things could change, and I think the idea of, holding on to something just because that's all you know isn't always the best best approach and i think often it's it's not you should constantly be uh challenging your ideas and and figuring out like is this the best way to to do things and, and maybe you realize no there's a better way um but sarah in particular in particular the one thing i, I another thing i liked about her story was that you know she leveraged what she was already passionate about which was um she was someone who um, was a trained counselor and therapist. And uh, she, you know, liked the idea of helping families, uh, especially working, working parents, because she was a working parent herself. And she had a lot of people, her, you know, friends and colleagues and, and other family members reach out to her and ask her, you know, how do you balance it all? Like, how do you have time to do all these things and still have a family? Um, and she realized that since so many people were asking her these questions, there was an opportunity out there to create a course, uh, to create a community, and to go out there and share these ideas with the world. Uh, and so that's exactly what she did. And um, and a as she was doing this, she realized something else, which was initially she was going too broad. Um, she initially had the idea of you know trying to sell products to um, you know working parents in general. Uh, and that was just too broad for her. And she had to figure out like what, what segment of that she specifically wanted to work with. Like how can she niche down even further? Because not only was she not connecting with the people that she wanted to connect with, but also she realized a lot of the people that she was connecting with weren't the kind of people that, uh, she wanted to work with. I mean, she said that, you know, initially she was, she had the idea of working with, uh, with, with attorneys and she realized that a lot of them, although their lives had a lot of issues, they kind of accepted that that's just the way that the lifestyle of an attorney is and they weren't really looking for help. She said there were also a lot of people on the other end of the spectrum who would like say they wanted help and they were parents who were struggling, 
but they weren't actually willing to do anything to change their situation. So she said, you know, I need, I need to find people who not only recognize that there's a problem that they want fixed, but they're actually willing to do what it takes to fix it. Um, and then, uh, with that, um, when she was putting together her course, she said, you know, she just put together like a minimum viable product so that she could put it out there in the marketplace as quickly as possible and get feedback from them on what was working, what was not working, what needed to be changed, uh, and what, what, uh, she could keep the same. Uh, and that worked out perfectly for her. Um, but another thing that happened that I thought was interesting is that as she, as she went out there and she promoted her course and she put it out there and, and got feedback, she realized that she actually didn't like, uh, selling a course because it didn't give her the same amount of hands-on uh, time to really help people and customize um, a, a plan for them to get out of their situation as quickly. And then also that she didn't get as much out of the, the uh, interaction herself. And so she kind of went the opposite direction that a lot of people do. You know, a lot of people start out doing like one-on-one coaching and they realize it's really, really time consuming. They want to leverage uh, you know, the power of the internet to, um, you know, create a course instead of teaching people one-on-one, they can teach, you know, a thousand people at the same time through something, uh, that some, some online course, uh, Sarah realized that actually she didn't like the online course format and that she wanted to go, uh, transition and do things one-on-one instead. And so that's what she's doing now and that she's been really successful at it so much so that she's been able to leave her job and do that full time. Uh, and so she still gets her, um, her clients through her Facebook group and, and, uh, joining other Facebook groups. And she said, she's had a lot of success, uh, figuring out exactly what her clients want by asking questions in the Facebook group. She can figure out what people's problems are. She can figure out what they're actually willing to pay for and how much they're willing to pay just by asking these questions in the group. Um, and it's been really instrumental in her, um, developing, uh, her, her, you know, one-on-one courses uh, and solutions that she brings to her clients. So I think really the takeaway there is that um, it's, you know, never too late to pivot. And also it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with going in a different direction than a lot of people are going uh, in, in Sarah's case in particular, instead of going from someone who teaches one-on-one to leveraging that and going you know, to a course format, she went the opposite direction and that worked for her and that's what she wanted to do and that's what makes her happy. So, um, so she did it. And that's, and that kind of also goes back to Darren's point of what success looked like for you, not necessarily following what it looks like for everyone else. Uh, so those are my takeaways for the month of February. I want to thank you for being awesome and joining me on another episode of the internet ballers podcast. Be sure to listen next week and I'll be talking with another awesome internet baller. In the meantime, you can check out the show notes for this episode as well as listen to other episodes of the Internet Ballers podcast at www.internetballers.com. Again, I'm Michael Pasha and happy marketing. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Through our guest stories, you will learn the path to go from struggling entrepreneur to internet baller. We'll see you on the next episode.